Snoring loudly and every so often his steel-toed right boot twitched menacingly. A tattooed arm extended out toward his nearby suitcase, and as I sat down to await the start of the boarding process, a shiny silver bracelet flashed against the background of blue ink on his forearm. When I looked closer, I saw it wasn't a bracelet at all, but a handcuff. He had handcuffed himself to his suitcase. Your attention, please, a perfectly timed electronic voice blared over the boarding area speakers. Please do not leave your luggage unattended. All unattended baggage will be confiscated and may be destroyed. Ha, I smirked. Nobody's going to confiscate his stuff. Over the next few minutes, several more early morning zombies straggled in, all of them greedily nursing steaming cups of dark, gritty stimulant beneath shadowy eyes and hollow cheeks. These recent additions brought the total number in the boarding area to ten, including myself. A cold light inside the nearby vending machine began to strobe in an irregular, distracting way. The speech I'd delivered the night before had gone well. The audience was kind, and only one person snored audibly. It only took a second before his mortified wife elbowed him hard in the ribs. When the time came, there was an engaging Q&A session, with some of the audience members texting in questions while others just raised their hands politely or stood up and used the provided microphones at the back of the room. When it was all over, I stood in the foyer for more than an hour, shaking hands, answering still more questions, and signing the occasional dog-eared book. This was my third speech in as many days, and tonight I would be in yet another city, in another room, standing before another audience without knowing anybody's name, trying yet again to weave words into a tale worth hearing. A tale, if I was really on top of my game, that might just produce zero snoring audience members and maybe, just maybe, might be worth their remembering the next day. An airline employee arrived and began fumbling behind the desk with the computer, cursing every so often as he banged a fist on the malfunctioning printer. Just then, something new strolled into the boarding area. A surprisingly bright-eyed, sandy-haired fellow with flawless clothes, stray teeth, and an impressive tan. He swaggered in, quickly surveyed the rest of us, and, evidently unimpressed by what he saw, chose a vacant corner for himself. Once he'd lounged himself in a chair, his phone rang, a ringtone from that old hard rock song about driving the highway of life. Hey, you babe, the man drawled into the phone, flashing a shiny grin that had probably worked miracles for him in the past. But soon his face darkened, and his jaw muscles rippled under that tan skin at whatever the woman on the other end was saying. Now, Nikki, hold on a minute, the man said firmly. But Nikki didn't hold on. She just kept right on talking, and his face turned crimson. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, the boarding agent announced. We're now ready to begin our boarding process. Unlike you crazies, sane people sleep in Saturdays. <laughs> that means we'll be boarding all groups at once. Please make sure your boarding passes are out and available as you approach the podium. With his free hand, Mr. Harley-Davidson pulled out a bristle of keys and started working on his handcuff. We stood, most of us that is, and made our way toward the podium trying to remember where we'd stuffed our tickets to ride. The guy with the tan stayed seated in the corner, the situation escalating. Now that's not fair, he yelled. We talked about this and you said, but Nikki cut him off again. Good morning, Mr. Yankowski, the gate agent said once he'd scanned my boarding pass. You're in a better mood than I am, I mumbled. Enjoy your flight. You too, I said, and staggered down the jet bridge. 
As I neared the plane, I could still hear the guy on the phone behind me shouting. I seem to have relatively good luck on airplanes. I've only had drinks spilled on me three times, lost my luggage twice, and been projectile vomited on by a newborn once. And that's just the daytime flights. On my last red eye, I sat next to a broad-shouldered, flailing, snoring farter who was remarkably capable at making sure that I didn't sleep for more than a few minutes at a time during the whole five-hour flight. So it was par for the course when the shouter threw his bag onto the seat directly across the aisle from me, ensuring that I'd have a front-row seat to the rest of his early morning tirade. I crammed in both of my earbuds and cranked up the volume to try and drown out the yelling. I had almost managed to fall asleep when the flight attendant knocked on my shoulder. I looked up, blinking at her for a moment, surprised by how well she could harmonize with Bon Iver. Then the song ended and her lips kept moving.